Hey, welcome to the First Issue Club podcast. This is not a political podcast. It's not a debate. <laughs> we don't have any presidential candidates on this. This is your respite. You can come here for the only thing that matters. And what's the only thing that matters, Mike T? First Issue Comics. Yes, that's the place. Here is the place where we read them each and every week. What kind of comics do we read each and every week? I already said First Issue. That's true. We just wanted to remind you that this is a reading club. It never hurts to say it again. Mm -hmm. We read only number ones. We read the hottest ones each and every week. And we invite you to read them with us. Yep. And explore the world that is comic books. You can hold my hand while we explore. <laughs> I would love to hold your hand. Okay. One thing that's cool is you made a new doc uh, yep. for us to like riff off of. More behind the curtain of the first <laughs> issue club put all our notes on welcome into our illuminati zone and i was trying to tell you thanks for making the doc yep and i spelled it d-o-c-k which i know is confusing yep i i said i think this text was for someone else <laughs> and the thought and that i would be telling somebody thank you for a doc like a boat doc really made me you laugh. said this new doc is great i think i said this new doc is fucking awesome oh, okay <laughs> yeah um, so both of us don't own boats. No. So that would be a really random text. To... That's why I didn't think it was for <laughs> me. In the club today is me, Budget King. Yep, and me, Mike D. We are down Greg and we are down Caitlin, but yep. we will survive. You will survive. A lot of rotation in the club lately. A lot of things happening. Greg and Caitlin are moving. Mm -hmm. They got family in town, but we're just two bumps on a log. This is kind of the essence of a club, is it not? <laughs> Sometimes people show up, sometimes they don't. All are welcome. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, we're the opposite of the Proud Boys. <laughs> <laughs> now, you said wouldn't get political. That's true. It's actually, yeah. Sorry. Back to our non-political podcast. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of news to cover. Uh, Mike, did you hear the news about Kamala Khan this week? I did. You know what? And I didn't know a whole lot about what the story was, and Googling it, I wasn't finding much information. <laughs> I think you weren't finding much information because they did cast the lead, but they have an actress who I don't think has been in much. Yeah. Every article that I found said newcomer before her name. It was like somebody had copy and pasted the article titles from <laughs> each other because there was no other information they have to the, give. They all have the same RSS feed. Yeah. <laughs> when we found her IMDb page, it said created six hours ago. <laughs> Yes. She is completely green. One thing I did appreciate, they had like a um, press photo of her mm -hmm. alongside the announcement in a lot of these articles. And she looks age appropriate for this. It wasn't like they cast yeah. a 30-year-old to play like an 18-year-old I think she's 16. She's, I think she's right. Pakistani. Right. Um, she looks cool. Looks like the part. She looks like Kamala. Totally. So I'm excited. This is a new Disney Plus show that's coming out. Do you have any Kamala Khan first appearances or number ones? Uh, I have her first appearance and I have number one. Do you? Okay. Yeah. I'm guessing those are like booming today. Yeah, they were go going pretty well when the show got announced, but you're right. Probably today that they're good. Do you have them as well? I don't have the first appearance, but I've got the first issue and I've got some decent covers of it too. Cool. That are probably popping off too. But I think someone getting cast is making it feel real. 
Like, you know, we read all the time that comic books get greenlit and right. the show, like, no, literally never happens. Like, this is real now. The other thing is, like, I think that she's a character that people love. And, like, it was already kind of high. Yep. But her becoming a show, mm-hmm. that just, like, puts it on this, like, next pedestal. Same time as the video game. She was, like, one of the lead characters in the in the new game. What's fun about her, kind of like Miles Morales, is, like, you could still buy the first appearance of her if you wanted to. Like, yeah, it wasn't, like, a million years ago and it's not, like... Yeah, like, Moon Knight's first appearance, probably pretty pricey. Yeah. Um, and so, it's cool. But uh, let me also say, too, that there have been some first appearances lately that... I cannot believe how insane the price is comparatively to, like, other comics that seem mega important and crucial to comic book history to me. I And I, I think Cosmic Ghost Rider is, like, at 200 bucks now. Isn't that insane? Cosmic <laughs> Ghost Rider. Like, what a blip in the history of comic books. Yeah. How is that worth so much? I, yeah. It's just we're in the right time and place. For just like hype for these things, because there's so much media getting made, so there's right. so much news around it. Exactly, like Silk. Um, yeah, Silk. <laughs> that first appearance is like popping off lately too. Yeah, it's huge now, which is crazy. I pulled it out the other day and was like, I think this is worth some money, and eBayed it real quick. And my wife was like, We're selling this. <laughs> Why do you have that still? And I was like, No, I have every issue of like Amazing Spider Man. I can't get rid of this one. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And she's just like, No. When was the last time you looked at that? (laughs) Like, I don't know. Yeah. Just knowing you have it. Yeah, I need to have it. (laughs) The last thing on our list for news is not really news. Is just like an observation. Yeah. (laughs) That there's a shit ton of Joker shit. Like, when did DC decide that Joker was like the thing that carries the whole ship of DC? To me, there's, like, the amount of Joker stuff right now is, like, the amount of Xbox consoles. <laughs> like, if you lined up all the names of the Xbox and were like, which one's the new one? <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to pick it. Like, they all sound the same to me. Right. Uh, same thing with all the Joker books. Like, I'm very much conflating the new Joker Warzone book came out today. As of we're rec- our recording right now. Been leading up to it forever. Right. Three Jokers is going on right now. The second issue of that dropped today. Um, Joker War is happening in the main line of Batman comics. Hang on. There's a Joker War and a Joker, Joker War Zone. Right. Okay. <laughs> Joker War is the book that we've been reading that introduced okay. Clown Killer. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that's like the Tinian run that's been going on. Okay. And that I've been following. I'm having a but hard. But you're not following Warzone. But I'm not. But I didn't pick up Warzone. Warzone's a one shot. Okay. But okay. what it, what it's doing is introducing storylines that are going to be coming to us in the Bat Sphere, the Bat Universe over the <laughs> over 2021. So it's kind of like a prelude and a taste of things to come to get you hooked. Uh, okay. And then the Bat Who Laughs, which is an amalgamation of the Joker, is also in Dark some... Knight's Metal. Yeah. All the tie-ins that are going with that. Speed Metal was fun. Speed Metal was fun. I had a good time with that one. That's what I'm saying. I'll drop in and drop out of those and kind of take them for what they are. But trying to follow that storyline, which is rooted in all those Dark Knight stories and Nth Metal from two years ago now, just too confusing for me. I mean, it just seems to me that they would spread some Joker shit out. Yeah. Like, they're really cashing in on this. Yeah, it's all right now. (laughs) And is it just because, like, they gave Joker the most personality of any villain? Like, he's the most iconic villain, like, ever. I guess so. I, I think if you're a 
writer and you finally get a chance to write Batman, obviously your bucket list is to do something big with the Joker. You're not like, oh, I'm a killer croc guy. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> if Batman would just kill. Okay, this is why <laughs> three Jokers, am I even calling it the right thing? Is that what it is? I think it's three Jokers. Three laughs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. The Bat Who Laughs Three Jokes. The Bat Who Laughs Three Times <laughs> was really refreshing because Red Hood at the end of that issue kills one of the Jokers. I think the comedian. I'm not going to explain this to you guys if you don't already know what's happening. But I will say the second issue of that, very cool. Ugh, I loved it. Well, that about gets us through the news. Is it time to get that podcast started? This one. First up, we have Shang-Chi, number one, out on Marvel Comics. This is by Gene Luin Yang, Philip Tan, and Dick Ruan. I think that that is a completely Asian cast, uh, which is awesome. Yeah, I think the backlash from just whitewashing character roles in movies and things mm-hmm. spilled over into other medium. And now we're really just doing stuff how we should be doing it. Should be doing it, yeah. And it's like really refreshing to see that this just wasn't given to just some random guy. Totally. To say like, speak to the Asian American experience, (laughs) Jeff. Right. (laughs) So uh, if you don't know, Shang-Chi is often referred to as the master of kung fu. Okay. In the Marvel world. Did you know? Teach me, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) I did it. I actually think it might have been a. Was that like a subtitle of one of the titles? Yeah, like it might have actually been Shang Chi, Master of Kung Master Fu. of Kung Fu. He can also multiply himself. Is that true? He's so good at karate that he can like duplicate himself around. Is that not just a way of showing how fast he is? Um. Okay. Or can he actually duplicate himself? My only thing is that I just didn't see him duplicate himself in this comic, and he had reason to. I feel like. <laughs> He's right now, this guy. <laughs> this com- I'll say this comic is my introduction to Shang-Chi. It, it is mine as well. Okay. And um, we, it's probably a lot of people's because he's getting his, his for, like, I don't know that it's his first run, but he's getting a solo comic yep. because it was announced that he has his own movie. Mm-hmm. So he needs a book to explain who he is to the masses yeah. before he just gets a movie. So this comic book was super interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any like preconceived notions about who he was? I honestly just thought he's kung fu guy. Same. Okay. That's all I knew. Which I'm okay with. Full stop. Yeah. He was okay. He did. He had a lot of stuff to do with New Agents of Atlas, and he was in Swordmaster, and he's had like roles of in in those sorts of things. Now that you say that, yes. Okay. I remember that. So, the one thing that I I would say I love about this comic book yeah. that was so fascinating is Yang. He's written a bunch of graphic novels. One that I've read was American Born Chinese. Uh One that you and Greg really like. Boxer and Saints. Yes. And he really does the Chinese experience well in comic books. One of the most brilliant things about this comic was familiarity with the lexicon. And it just goes to show you how far it goes getting someone who understands this stuff 
to write these sorts of stories. I love that. It was so impressive to see, you know, an older woman speak this old Chinese in those scenes, an Americanized version of Chinese. Shang-Chi speaking in a sort of broken English just to make people more comfortable. And then him speaking typical English because he's been in America for so long. I have never seen a comment on language diffusion in America ever in one of the big two books like this. Yeah. Ever. I mean, we also had a character from MI6 from England. So you've got, at any given point, like five varieties of Chinese-American and a couple other accents thrown in there. Like, holy shit. You've got a mastery of a language to be able to do that. That was so impressive to me. And for a comic book that's just like his name is Master of Kung Fu, you would think it would just be a bunch of fighting. Right. For it to be like a commentary on the like immigration experience is kind of fucking brilliant. I think so too. So speaking to that and what you expected and the amount of fights I thought were going to be in this, how did that make you feel? Because like you alluded to, there wasn't a ton of fighting. No. I think that they had their work cut out for them. They had to get us into a character that we don't really know, mm -hmm. that people don't really know. And we started with this like other kung fu world, and there was fighting in that. So I think they did like a good job there. I thought it it, it was bookend with fighting, which is kind of what I needed. Yep. You know, like it got me in. Then it's like, okay, cool jokes, like regular dialogue, stuff like that, and a little bit more fighting. This was one of those situations where they're trying to like not give you an origin story but also explain to you who this person is while still honoring the pre-existing history of the character. I'm getting my feet set in this world. Some of the names and nomenclature are a little tough, so it was just hard for me to be fully accustomed to it yet. But I did like what I got. I think for me is it felt like a kung fu or a samurai movie. Like It's like clan that's going to take vengeance and having a little bit of power struggle and stuff like that. Yep. Um, so it felt like a familiar plot line. Yeah. And then to get it marvelized was like fun. And, yes. And it also it carved out space for Sh for you to know Shang-Chi, like right. in, in the middle of it. And it didn't really like assume that you knew him. So I, I don't know. It, I was surprised. I will say like just the name alone. I, I was like pass. Like I don't, it, when the a new agents of Atlas, all of them got their own books, yeah. like uh, individually, I was super excited for a little bit. And then I was just like, I just don't know if it matters if I stay on these lines. Right. But this one was like different. It seems it, like it, it's yeah. going somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one, one dynamic I really liked was there was the Five Weapons Society where, you know, you've got this like clan of warriors who report to a master and they're either training for good or training for bad, one of those two things. Um, I love that this book kind of referred to them as a cult. Yeah. It kind of made more sense of it to me. Like, what are these laws that these people are beholden to in a modern-day society that makes them train their entire life and then go commit crimes? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Sometimes those sort of characters in traditional kung fu media are very throwaway without a lot of actual motivation other than the fact that they're evil. And contextualizing it as a cult just made it make sense to me. Or I was like, like yeah. oh, 
okay. They actually care about the power struggle within their own preconceived notions. Right. Yeah. They've got a person that they're directly being manipulated by, too. Right. It. I mean, there's there's a lot of dynamic here. We didn't even get into it, but there's, like, this flame thing that shows you which is the new king of their cult. Okay, here's something. <laughs> <laughs> that was so tough for me when I was speaking to kind of like how the nomenclature was hard for me. There are a lot of like brother, sister, grandma, father, and I'm not sure who's actually related and who's a brother in spirit or clan or... They even kind of played with that a little bit. Yes. they. That was... It was just so difficult. I just assume they're all kind of related. Shang-Chi makes a specific reference to... His mother okay. being shared with one of our leads. The part, of the one of the main conflicts in the story, his sister, is that his sister is now leading Five Weapon Society, and she's coming after him to kill him because this fire has picked Shang Chi as the new leader, right? And she wants to lead the the society. He thinks he has to find her to essentially save her, get her out of this cult. (laughs) Which I love. So, yeah. So they're going to meet in the middle somewhere and be just totally on the wrong page. So I'm, like, super interested to see what happens there. We don't have the rich history of the backstories of the characters to make it, I guess, feel totally full, that conflict. But I also feel like it's important and has an interesting dynamic with just what they gave us in this first issue. Right. It it was it's weird for me. I'm reading Firepower, mm-hmm. and it's like a very similar Hickman story. Yeah, um, of like secret kung fu person in society and stuff like that. Right. But this is this shows why that book is truly a YA novel. Yes. And that this really is like it's not. This is not not for kids, but it's very like dynamic. There's a lot to follow here. It's sure. a, it's very intricate. Yep. One of my favorite parts was these like henchmen that are coming for Shang Chi you think are going to like fight him and then they kill all the other henchmen they're with and they're like hey brother check it out like you got bad news here mm-hmm. and it totally like it just was like a good writing dynamic. this whole comic book just felt like um surprising at every turn i agree so we got a taste of romance too mm-hmm. i love a good romance mm-hmm. shang chi oh. got slid a phone number in his hand <laughs> you ever had that happen to you Never. Do you ever have any any female give you their phone number? <laughs> oh, I've had I've had that happen. Okay, but you've never had somebody write it down on a piece of paper and like fake handshake with me and hand me a secret note. You ever had a female take your phone and put their number in your phone? I have had that happen. Oh yeah, man. I've lived. Yeah, you have. I've fucking lived. <laughs> Mike D, true playboy of First Issue Club. You heard it here first. <laughs> The Shang-Chi of uh, the First Issue Club, they would call you. Oh, can I ask audience people something? And then if you know the answer, you can either get to me directly through Instagram. What if I know the answer? Okay, maybe you know the answer. You don't. Um, (laughs) A lot of the characters, like Shang-Chi, is often spoken to as Mm Shang-Chi. And then I think there's another character, like Wu. Can you abbreviate those names? Like, is it like a if 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 I was a friend talking to, like a Wu, would I just say Lyco, or would I just say Shang? You're right. I don't know the answer to this question. I would love to know that because I feel like 
if you knew the answer to that and we're referring to Shang-Chi as Shang-Chi every time we say his name, that'd be like saying Michael the Stacy. Yeah, yeah. Bill Powell every time we're talking about Bill. And there's also like that's a name I made up. How do you like it? Bill Powell. I think it's a real real name. Well, I'm sure it's a real name for uh, tons of people, but I just pulled it out of my ass. It's a good one. It's Thank very you. yeah, very generic. We as Americans have, need to We have no culture. We need to understand this massive part of the world. <laughs> this part of the world that's taking up the majority of the world. Right. Way more than us. We've got no clue how this stuff works, and it kind of saddens me that you might tell me something about some like like about the prefix for the family name and i'm like i know i've heard that but is it chinese is it korean like i've got no clue bad on us because they figured out us out right if i was uh budget king the third you know they'd be calling me budget king the third right it's not that hard right so sorry that we're uncultured sometimes i will try to do better (laughs) right after this we're googling shit and yeah i think reading shang chi yeah. This is a good stepping stone. I feel like I learned some stuff. It, this is a great experience for, I know this sounds like trite and, uh, I don't know, just not very smart, but it's like, if I wanted to like learn about a culture, this is how I, I prefer to do it. It's oh, cool. 100%. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. With pictures and content that yeah. like keeps you engaged. And it's enjoyable. It yeah. doesn't feel like taking my vegetables there or something. There are steaks. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I, Shang, Shang-Chi was a great comic and- um, I hope that it. I hope it has some steam behind it. Yep, this was a big release for Marvel this week. A lot of covers. There's a push for it for sure. Only after the movie, all bets are off. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably going to be huge. It only needs to do better than Bloodshot. <laughs> up we have department of truth out on image comics this is by none other than james tinian the fourth we were talking about him earlier he's hard to not talk about mr batman himself he's got his fingers and everything they call him octopus finger man (laughs) he lost his thumbs (laughs) he only has four digits and uh martin simmons this comic book you know, what is truth, Mike? How? <laughs> how what you, a question. How could you truly know? Hang on just a sec. <laughs> oh, man. Now that I'm fully zooted to the moon, <laughs> I'm ready to talk about Department of Truth. Hell yeah. Yeah. I love opening up my third eye and just thinking about shit. Totally. <laughs> if we sound like neckbeards, that's appropriate mm-hmm. because this comic book makes uh, whatever massive amounts of people think come true, such as none other than the Earth being flat, yeah, space being a hoax by Stanley Kubrick, or space in general, <laughs> space in general, the moon landing, yes, the moon landing and space maybe, yeah, and uh, the JFK, uh, all the shit. Yep, <laughs> I don't even know. You nailed it. <laughs> There's a whole movie about it. Go I watch can, it. I can tell you're into conspiracy theories. Yes, very, <laughs> uh, very not into conspiracy theories. Budget King. The character I was playing was into it, but this guy not. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm fooled. 
it sounds like a bunch, but it's done really like succinct. I think before this book even released, everyone knew this was going to be the It comic this week. Especially because there was 12 covers for it. Oh my god, for an independent book? That's insane, the number right. of covers. I cannot believe how many covers there were for this. It Yeah, it, it was weird, even for Image. Yes. But you're right. People knew this was going to be big. And frankly, from the A cover, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? It right. looks like political commentary. It did. And I was like, I don't really need that. Yeah. Because remember, this show's not political. Mm-hmm. It's I, Hey, listen, and I hope you got your copy of your A cover today if you were looking for it. Because nerds are going to be fingering up that whole fucking stack of comics because there's a secret cover. This is what I hate the most about comics with secret covers. (laughs) I thought it was such a cool thing when they started doing it. But now you can just tell that every nerd has felt every single comic as if they think, I'm the only one who knows about this. (laughs) No, fuck you. They're at the front of the counter, and your comic shop owners either selling them on eBay or selling them to you for more money. Don't touch all the comics. I agree, and fuck you anyway for for being <laughs> for being secret uh, cover guy. Oh, I'm sometimes secret cover guy though, yeah. so maybe fuck me sometimes. Okay. Uh, yes, big lots of uh power, lots of heat behind this comic book. Yeah. And frankly, I had, I didn't know jack shit about it. Did you? No, I didn't know anything. And. You you start let me tell you the experience of reading this comic book. You start reading it and you're like, nah, this artwork belongs in a graphic novel. I don't read floppy comics that have this kind of like abstract artwork yeah. in it. I don't have the patience for that. Yep. I'll buy a nice graphic novel, I'll go or I'll trade, or I'll I'll go sit by the beach, I'll enjoy myself for three hours, I'll really get into the artistic experience. That's where I want that type of artwork. But then, two panels in, you got yourself a heater of a comic. Yeah, big time. This It has political commentary about the shit that's going on today, things that's happening in the election, yeah. in Facebook, in the way that stuff is shared and all that kind of stuff, in a palatable, not going to shove it down your throat way, and a really enjoyable, fun, dramatic ride. The first time he mentioned like memes, I should say the arc of the story kind of takes place through this guy being interrogated. Yes. And he's being interrogated because he is an FBI agent who researches far-right culture and the memes, the message boards, all that stuff. And he went to a flat earth convention as like part of like a I don't know if it was like a thought experiment or if it was research on just that movement in general, but he sees some wild shit and is now getting pressed by some secret organization that he thinks is going to kill him. That secret organization is, spoiler alert, the, the Department, Department of Truth. Truth run by, do you want to say it? Yeah, I think so. Okay, is it okay? I mean, if you haven't read the book, pause right now and or just skip 30 seconds. Sure. Okay, Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> <laughs> no one had the chance to push their skip button. We told him to. Yeah, that's true. So You have no one to blame but yourself. Yep, you could have done it. In the beginning, you see uh, good old Lee. I think that's how his friends referred to uh-huh. him. I love that a figure that's so key to like the conspiracy theory of all conspiracy theories lives right. at the center of this is like so fun. that the, it, the fact that it's like grounded in something that we can 
look at and point to is amazing. Right. Yeah. I mean, this comic was brilliant. It was brilliant in that really kind of everything that it did. The artwork I knocked at the beginning then kind of unfolds into like completely makes sense. It really does set like a weird atmosphere and tone to the comic that was kind of interesting. It kind of worked once you really got your feet set. And for the crux of the comic book to be what is truth, what is real. Yeah. And it drawn so like ethereal or just like you're kind of like you do feel like you're in a dream world. Mm -hmm. Like you are questioning like there's a person who's revealed who's wearing sunglasses the whole time that like. She takes her glasses off, and she has, like, X's over her eyes. Yeah, no eyes, just X's Yeah, where they should be, like cartoon X's. Right, and it's like, is that an artistic choice, or yeah. does she actually not have eyes? But it you find out later that she does not have eyes, I think, right? right. Yeah. yeah, she's, so, like, walking, talking pop art or something. Right. She's, she's got some sort of, like, important role to play, I'm sure, but we don't know what it is yet. And it, I, I fucking love that he managed to also make fun of flat earthers, but also kind of make it validate like, them. Yeah, validate <laughs> them in some weird way. So it walks the line really well. It's almost hard to talk about just because so many things happen in the comic, and the, I, I don't want to, I, I kind of want to tiptoe around like the point it's trying to make because I don't know if I'm putting that on the comic or not. I. Th- think when you put presidents on the cover yeah during an election year you're trying to make a statement sure yeah and i think the statement is fine right it's just is like hey whatever people put on social media they think is real so it might as well be real to them right i i, I did God, i said it's it, such a good time for a comic like this it really feels like something that should be written in retrospective in like another five or ten years Right. And the fact that it's being written now, I'm kind of like, wow. That and just kind of like slapped me it upside came out, the head. It came out the night after the debate. Like, <laughs> yeah, you think that's about that? wild, yeah. I, I, I don't want to get political here on this, but I do want to say this statement. If you watched the debates last night at all, um, for when this podcast comes out, it'll be a week later, you can think whatever you want, but you had to have witnessed a person who was bullying and belligerent and lying um, wasn't telling truth. Whether or not you like that person, you witness that. There are whole swaths of people, including my family, that sat and watched that and thought, yeah, get him. Good job. Yeah. He's doing what I think a president should be doing. Right. He's a tough guy. Right? And they just formed this truth when the empirical truth, I believe, is different from what their reality is. But the, we so we we t- we hold two complete different truths just because we published it on our fucking social media accounts. Yeah. Like, come you're, on. You're totally right. It's crazy. And the fact that we also um, validated or gave validation to a group called the Proud Boys. Yeah. Um, during this speaks even further to kind of what this comic is saying and the base that is being targeted and prodded with a cow poker to keep moving and keep going that whole side of it just blew my mind it, it's crazy and yeah. it's like yeah and all you have to do is just like say it or believe it and like yeah and it's and it's there flat earth is such a good concept for this comic book because it is so absurd i'm sorry if we're offending <laughs> even one of our friends is a borderline flat yeah. earther yeah yeah so we're offending him as well it's so absurd 
but it is so true. And he spells it out in the comic book of like exactly the psychology of why somebody yeah. even desires to create that narrative for themselves. Right. I'm into some kooky shit, so you could knock me for flat earther. You can knock me for being into energy, uh, <laughs> for being into like uh, I don't know. Even like what a astrology yeah i don't i don't mind astrology doesn't bother me uh tarot cards a chiropractory i like yeah i've never done tarot cards i'm not opposed to it though um so yeah fine. gems i do i don't i don't hate gems i think they're they're fine i'm not gonna say they don't have uh some stuff to them i guess that 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 statement right there offends people and i'm sorry i offended you but like this comic book says if enough people believe it it's true and i'm in the weird weird version of people that think it i got i got sold a bag of lies (laughs) can i say there was a gatefold page in this wherein our character is supposed to have seen empirical evidence that the earth is flat yes yeah okay okay. yeah yeah, yeah, you turn the page he's he's in a plane and yeah 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 they've taken him to like the edge of the world right in, like somewhere in Antarctica where the earth has become flat. And there's this insane diorama page thing. And I was just like, I just don't know what I'm looking at. It was so abstract, but I wanted to see like it, it. Like I felt like it was such a build up to this point that was like this big reveal like, oh, shit, the Earth has an end, and then it drops off into fucking nothing? And then I got this, like, weird glob of, like, paint and map patterns. So I'll tell you this. Uh, I read it digitally, uh-huh. and it really worked. Because okay. they have this spiral of him getting drunk, he's not seeing anything, and then you go to splash the end of the Earth, yep. and it, like, hurt my eyes. Uh-huh. Like, and, like, gave me, like, a headache. like a di- and And so I was like... Oh, I think that's what they're going for. It's just like, wow. It like broke your brain. Like, like a horror movie. Like the thing you're looking at is just so insane. Your mind is just like, I don't know what to do with right. it. Right, yeah. That makes sense. It was immersive, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And this did feel like um, a thriller, like a, a psychological thriller of a horror movie. Oh, sure. I mean. He thinks was, he's going to die the entire yeah. time. Yeah. When you're being interrogated by your would-be killers who aren't, haven't said yet, we're not going to kill you. Yeah. Maybe they're still making their mind up by I the end of it. I love the quote that he says, you're just going to have to get over the fact of not knowing if I'm going to kill you or yeah. not. <laughs> <And> <laughs> like, now, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I was thinking, like, what would I do there? I uh-huh. guess I would have to go with it because you're going to just roll your dice, like yeah. a prisoner dilemma type of thing. I'm just trying to imagine, too, like, I'm being interviewed by someone to be in a situation wherein I have to be fully truthful because I truly believe my life's at stake. But I've also just witnessed something that cannot be true. The psychological damage that would do is just so crazy, and I felt like they did such a good job writing that. This is why this guy is writing Batman. He's a good writer. And this is why Something is Killing the Children is selling out every fucking week. Yep. Knows how to write. He is hot, hot, hot. Can you think of a hotter writer in comics right now? I can't. And I think that he's gotten some GLAAD awards for some LGBTQ characters that he's written before. Yeah. Every single one of his comics has a character on the LGBTQ spectrum. Including the main character in this comic. Exactly right. So, good job, James. We like you. Hats off to ya. Yep. 
Can't say any more good stuff about him. Love his DC work, but I'm so glad he's also still writing independence. You know, like some people get so focused in that realm of big two that they just don't have the time or bandwidth to write stuff like this anymore. So cool that like in one year he published Wind, started Department of Truth, has done so many issues ongoing of you something were, is killing. I think we got into him with the pneumatic and like mimetic yep. and like all those boom stuff. And then I think he was also doing Woods at the time. Yeah. Woods was the first book of his that I read. Right. And those are amazing. Yeah. But then to have the longevity and the intellect, frankly, to like do the the biggest book in all of comic books and then come back and also write this book. Yeah. It's just like, this is, we might be looking at a genius here. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going anywhere. No. He's got, he's got it. And he's, uh, I think if you have like the fourth behind your name, you got some like from family wealth, right? You, you got to, you don't name your kids the same thing. If you're if not, you're not proud of yourself, family. Yeah. yeah. If so. I feel like I'm a piece of shit, <laughs> I'm not going to name my kid after me. Right. Four times. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel at some point you're just like, I got to do this or my dad's going to hate me. Like once you get to four, you think they call him four or they call him Jimmy. What do I think his parents call him? Because they call threes trips sometimes. You know that? No. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a third. Like, the, I will call you trip? If you're a third, you often get called trip. I didn't know that. It's a thing. Interesting. Think how it happens in the South, I think. Oh. Yeah. So, James, what do your what does your family call you? Is it Jimmy? Quattro. Is it James? Is it Quattro? Is it four? J-Quat. J4. Yeah. Is it J? We don't know. We don't know you personally. We hope to someday. Uh. <laughs> and that's the first thing we're going to ask you. Where do you live? Where do you, yeah, sorry. Second thing. Where do you live? <laughs> like street address. <laughs> Describe your lawn care routine. Um, and uh, what do your family call you? Yeah. All right. Okay. That was an episode, I think. Wonderful episode. I would buy both of these comics. You would buy both of them? Yeah. Is that what you said? I thought you said I would buy right, and I wasn't sure what that meant. No, I would buy both of these comics. Again. Like the number two. If I had to do today <laughs> over again, I would buy these comics again. Shit. You would Groundhog today. Yeah, I would Groundhog today just so I could get the experience of buying these comics again. Here's what I'll also do. Well, tell me your philosophy on this. This is a fun little treat if you stuck around, guys. <laughs> An Easter egg, if you oh, will. True club members here for this club. Yeah, combo. you're in for the marathon. <laughs> oh. Oftentimes, when I'm really excited about a book coming out, I'm a huge fan of something, and it has multiple covers, I will often buy a couple of the covers just because I want to have them. Now, I will do this with cover-priced covers, but then I go up to the books that are 10, 15, 25, and I say, no thanks, too rich for my blood. Blick. If I'm already buying a couple like normal price covers, should I just be buying the $10 cover? Yes. In I the long run, though, if I have an A and a B of Department of Truth, is that worth more than a $10 C cover would be? So, uh, I think it is. It is. And here's the... I mean, this is getting a little bit insider. Well, but, uh, we're... Yeah. Uh, 
We're in talking about a we're in a comic book podcast right now. That's it's the most insider inside thing there is. We're on borrowed time. You're at the end of it. Yes, you're here. I think New Agents of Atlas. This is a a, kind of a classic example of this. The one of the covers that was like twenty five dollars on the day of is now the cover to have. There's Mm. there was one random cover from. I think like the Philippines, actually. Yeah, um, where the it was the main character's country of origin. That, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay, sorry. So that's that's exactly why they did it. I I forgot that connection. I just remember I couldn't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but this other cover was the cover to have. So how do you spend twenty five dollars instead of which a lot of people did was just buy like these multiple three ninety nine covers. Uh-huh. You didn't actually have the one yep. that people wanted, which would have been really easy to buy. Right. But my thing too is that it seems like. More often than not, the one is the A cover. That's the most iconic cover that people really associate with that book. And in the longe- longevity of things, it gets a little murky. It's very seldom the B cover. I'll tell you that right yeah. now. Yeah. I, th- I, w- I think it gets tough when you go online and say, I'm looking for Invincible number one. Well, maybe Invincible number one had a variant. You also have a number one. That was like a New York City Comic-Con exclusive. And then second and third prints. And then an individual comic shop or an event has their own exclusive. And then it starts to get really muddy as to what an incentive cover is and what's a cover like worth actually An A cover is never a bad investment. I think A covers are more often than not the way to go if you're not sure. What do you know the deal behind this gunslinger this gunslinger uh spawn outfit thing? No, I it's selling for a ton though, right? And I think it I think it was a B or a C cover. Like yeah. I I don't think it was like an an incentive variant. Right. And it showed and now there's a ninja costume that he has yeah. too. So that's I have no clue. That's beyond me, unfortunately. Yeah. Do you when there's a hot new book and you didn't get the A cover, you go back and buy it for a little bit too much the next week? No, I normally don't, actually. I do. That is one thing I'm a little bit, like, OCD about. Yeah. I will also say that, like, there are times when I pass on a book that is buzzing just because I know that I, in my heart of hearts, I don't care. And that's really good to do. Yeah. I think I'm somewhere in between. This is really borrowed time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> autumnal. Uh-huh. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Um is a hot book right now. Yep. That A cover is like fire right now. Is it? And I'm kind of like, I was just ho-hum on the book. Like yeah. I thought it was like, I thought it was good, yep. but it didn't like grip me. Yep. And I do I do like Vault though a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, do I need to go get that? That like A cover? Yeah. Because I have a B cover, but the B cover looks like a virgin cover and it's pretty cool. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you do. Just tell us. If you made it this far. Yeah. Should I invest? What do you do? Do we invest the money in a vault cover that nobody will know about in six months? No. Yeah, it's not going to stand the test of time. We already know it's a maxi. Oh, I didn't even know that. It's only eight books. Yeah. So. Blech. So, there it is. Covers, B covers. We talked about it all. We should have put it on the Patreon. Hey, if you made it here and you made it this far, we are going to do more of this on our Patreon. Mm -hmm. One thing that came out this week on the Patreon, or sorry, in the comic book world that we're covering on the Patreon, New Hulk Story yep. by Jeff Lemire. The Threshing Place. Mm-hmm. Come hear about that on our Patreon. Uh, we also have music 
done by Primary Color Music. Right. We have social medias you could join. Mm-hmm. At First Issue Club everywhere. Yes. Um, and uh, we genuinely like you and respect you for listening to us. Thanks for being part of our club. Yeah. Thanks for buying comics. Thanks for being in our club. Thanks for taking the time to listen to uh, audio. Right? Instead of silence. Thanks for not listening to silence when you could have listened to us. Or when you can't be listening to us. Bye. Yeah.